Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Father, we love you. We're so thankful for your blessings. We ask for your guidance, your anointing today, and you'd be with us. Help us, God, to glean something from your word. Help us to glean from your, your spirit, God. Lead and guide and direct us. We give you praise and glory. And everybody say amen. Amen. I'll let you be seated. I'm going to talk about something today that I don't, I don't know if I've ever just talked on this particular subject, but I'm going to read a, verse, a couple of verses of Scripture here. One of them is found in uh, Acts, the third chapter, in verse 6, where uh, the Bible said uh, Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer, and the lame man was at the beautiful gate uh, begging for alms or waiting for alms to be given to him. And he said, Peter fastened his eyes on him, and the scripture said, he said to him, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He didn't have the silver, he didn't have the gold, but he said, I got something more precious than the gold. And uh, I guess if I was going to title whatever I'm going to talk about here today, it would be more precious than gold. And uh, then over in 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 18, Peter said this, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, from the vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb, without blemish and without spot. So I want to talk about something here today that I don't know if I, I don't think I've ever just talked on this. And, and uh, I'm not sure exactly, I hope and pray that you'll get something out of this. But, <laughs> uh, but I, it, it interests me and I tried to get away from it. I couldn't get away from it. I just kept coming back to it. So I thought, well, Lord, if this is what you want, and if you don't, we'll make change in the middle of the stream somewhere. But I want to talk about gold. Uh, I don't know that I've ever, I've never, I don't know if I've ever had a, my hands on gold as far as the literal gold. But the gold, gold is a heavy metal. And uh, if you looked at it, uh, they say it's yellowish in color. And it has a mobility, which means that uh, gold can be stretched, it can be pulled. It can be hammered. It's it's a metal that uh, it's a metal that's soft, uh, and uh, it doesn't break. Uh, gold is a precious a precious thing. It's a precious metal. Uh, manufacturers uh, use it uh, to make coins and alloys and different things uh, when it comes to gold. The very element of gold is called the king's metal. A lot of them call it's called the king's metal, and for centuries, uh, gold has stimulated the minds of men, uh, their ambitions, uh, uh, it's, uh, their expectations throughout centuries. They, they have looked for gold. You know, I, I think of that scripture in Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, where uh, the Lord said, the silver and gold is mine. God said, I own that. I spoke about that here not too long ago, about how God owns all the silver and all the gold. He owns it all. 
And so when I think about gold, the for centuries, how that uh, gold has been a commodity where throughout the world, they, for centuries, uh, uh, they've used gold to settle financial issues. They bargained with it. They bartered with it. And to think about gold today, I don't know if we ever think about this, but our nation and our world today depends upon gold as a pillar of international monetary system. Uh, they bank everything on that. You ever heard, heard lately how that they, they are constantly trying to get people to invest in gold? It's been, become an obsession with some people. I'm just talking about gold today. Maybe you never heard about, uh, ever heard anybody just talk about gold. Uh, I wouldn't mind having some of it. You know, gold is a metal that they say is, uh, uh, it's unchanged by the devastation of time. It doesn't change. It, 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 it never loses its, 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 its effectiveness. Uh, corrosion does not change gold. It stays the same. It's unaffected by the corrosion of the elements of time. Gold stays the same. Gold's been refined. Gold's been recast. It's been melted down. It's more pliable and adaptable than any other metal that's known to men. I'm just talking about gold here. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, so you just hang with me, Okay. Gold is a precious, a precious thing. And to think that gold is the most precious metal known to man and how it can be hammered down, they say, into sheets as thin as one and 250 thousandths of an inch. And when I read this, I thought, then it said one ounce of gold, pure gold, can be drawn out without breaking into a, a strand of wire 35 miles long. <laughs> that, that's mind-boggling to me. You know, alloys, there's alloys. Uh, alloys are a mixture of uh, two different types of metal. But when you think about pure gold, and you compare that with what the Word of God said, and... 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, he said that the trial of your faith is much more precious than gold that's tried in the fire, that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. God said, listen, your faith is much more precious than this gold. I'm talking about what the world, I'm talking about the nation that depends upon gold as a pillar of international moder uh, monetary trade in the system. That your faith is much more precious than that gold. You just think about that. You know, alloys, like I said, is a mixture of two different kinds of metal. And, and gold changes its natural color if it's got alloy in it. The silver will turn to pale. The brass will turn to a rosy color, the copper color rather. Uh, a copper will change to a rosy color. You know, you've heard, I've heard through the years people talk about the, the different portions of gold. 
And gold can be called a, it can be called a carrot. You ever heard of gold called a carrot, like 10 carat, 15 carat, 20 carat? But when they get the 24 carats, they're talking about pure gold. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever, I, I, I couldn't afford to buy my wife a 24 carat gold when we got married. <laughs> To be honest, but that's been so long ago, I don't even know what carrot it was. <laughs> but we were in love, and it didn't make no difference. You know, but to think about a carrot, and because of its uh, ability of this gold, the density of gold, and what it's, what it's able to do, and the strength of that gold, it becomes a... Uh, a store, uh, easy stored commodity. Uh, it can be stored. Why? Because uh, uh, of its ductility. You know, you take a bar of gold. This, this is fascinating. You take a bar of gold that's a foot long, a foot deep, and a foot wide. Weighs a little over a ton. I called somebody this week to find out, hey, what's, a, what's an ounce of gold selling for? And they told me, said, an ounce of gold selling for $2,055. An ounce. <laughs> and so I, I don't know my calculations right, but if I figured this right, I, I got on my calculator and I figured that up, and I think, think you know, $2,055 an ounce if you had 16 ounces, which is a pound, it would be, it, it would be worth $32,880. If you had a ton, which if you had a ton, a block, a, block, a foot long, a foot wide, a foot deep, and you had that gold, and at $2,055 an ounce, just a, a ton uh, is always, and this, a ton of this, this, Size a foot long, foot wide, foot deep is a little over a ton. But just a ton, it would be worth it would be worth four million one hundred and ten thousand dollars. <laughs> you just think about that. Hallelujah. Kind of blowed my mind. You know, gold appears a lot of places in the world. And throughout time when they when they dug and planned and reached out for gold, the silver, uh, the gold could be found in, 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 in silver, copper, coal. There could be veins or strands of gold uh, in, in, these, in this metal. Another thing I ran across was is that the sea, the ocean, obtains one-sixth part of gold. For every one trillion part of salt water. You think about that. Now, when you think about that, and God said, all that gold is mine. And the world thinks they got it all, but God says, hey, listen, they don't have it all. <laughs> In fact, they don't have any of it because it belongs to me. Now, this gold occurs in two different forms. It comes in veins. It comes in a loose form. When I say a vein, it's like a vein in a rock that you see, and you see that vein, and that, and, and, and in that vein can be gold. 
And it's commonly called a load, L-O-D-E-S, those veins. I thought it was interesting because uh, these loads or these veins in these rocks, they are caused by a constant shifting of the earth. And the result of volcanic eruptions and earthquakes and what have you, shaking the earth and moving the earth. And it creates these veins. And it's also, this gold is called looser place gold. Looser place gold was that that was uh, washed out of these here uh, tight places, these loads and these veins by floodwaters. And gradually, over a process of time, a process of erosion, has brought this placer gold to the surface. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Hang on with me. You know, uh, and over time, it, over time, this erosion and the waters and the floods and the earthquakes and the waters in the ocean begins to move and, and streams begin to flow, it brings this gold to the surface. It's amazing what God will move and what God will do in a person's life just to get the, the product that he's looking for. You hang with me here. They take that gold when they get that gold and they'll melt that gold down. They'll heat that thing up to 1954.4 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. <laughs> That's hot. And the thing about gold is gold does not change its natural color even when it turns into liquid form. Now, that'll preach. You may be going through the fire. You may be going through the heat. But the gold doesn't change. <laughs> the color stays the same. The value of it doesn't change either. Praise God. Remember when I told you an alloy, it's got alloy in it, it may change the color. But when it's pure gold, it doesn't change its color. And when it goes through the fire and it melts down, it still stays the same color. Whew. It lets your mind just run wild just for a little bit. And think about that melted gold. And when they melt that down, they would put it in, I'm just going to call it a mold. It's an ingot, I-N-G-O-T-S, ingot. And, and what it is is a mold that they pour that liquid into. And when it sets up, they put a serial number on it that will identify that gold when, it, when it's transformed or shipped from one place to another, like from A to B, wherever it's going. It's the best cared and protected of all the metals, the pure gold. When it leaves that refinery and put in uh, uh, armored cars, uh, they got guards out there. They're protecting that gold. Now, I don't know what you think about that, but when I was studying on this and reading about this and, and thinking, and my mind's running wild because, hey, listen, when I think about being protected, I think about the angels of God are around them that fear him. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Thank God they protect that earthly gold. But I tell you what, we got something that's more powerful, more precious than the gold of this world. Because I've been to a lot of funerals, preached a lot of funerals, but I have never seen anybody take any gold with them. 
Oh, hallelujah. The goal of this world, it didn't just start today. You can go clear back to Genesis chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. And the Lord pointed out, God pointed out, that the gold that's found in the land of Havilah, H-A-V-I-L-A-H, Havilah, he said it's good. It's been around a long time. And it didn't just happen. And God chose this element of gold to represent his supreme holiness throughout the word of God. It represented purity. Thank God. Purity is God's holiness. And this gold, it represented, it's represented by gold, this purity. And it's linked and interwoven with the plan of redemption. I'm talking about gold here now. The word has, has H, it's, it's pronounced Z-A-H-A-B, Zahab. It's a Hebrew word for gold. It's mentioned 140 times. Now, I forgot to mention when I started, you look at the word gold, and gold appears in the Word of God 361 times. Just think about that. So if it appears that many times, it's got to be important to God. Hallelujah. Mostly when it's mentioned here, uh, this Hebrew word mentioned 140 times, most of the time it's, it's concerning the tabernacle that Moses uh, had erected. The furnishings in that tabernacle were made of sheet of wood overlaid with gold. They all had gold on them. Uh, whether it be the boards, the tables, the altars, the ark, they had gold on them. But when it came to the candlesticks and the mercy seat, it was pure gold. Now, when you talk about this, think about, just think about this. Solomon said the finding pot in Proverbs 17 and 3 is for silver. But he said the furnace is for gold. But then he said this, he said, but God tries the heart. They got sometimes God allows testings to come our way, not to destroy us, but to see where we are with our experience with God. They got He may, you know, the furnace is for the gold, but God said, I'm gonna try the heart. And sometimes God tries that heart. He's not out trying to destroy us, but we're setting that gauge. You're finding out where we are. The tabernacle of Moses was God's dwelling place. And because it was God's dwelling place, it was only fitting that gold would be involved in the construction of that building. You know, there are a lot of things on the outside, you know, that when it came to the tabernacle made of badger skins, goat skins, ram skins, uh, covered that tabernacle but God put the finest on the inside praise God he still does that I said he still does that thank God he puts the finest on the inside and the Bible said our bodies Paul said our bodies are a habitation of God through the spirit and so when God fills you with the Holy Ghost he puts the best on the inside of you Thank God. And I'm talking about the purest. Hallelujah. The purest. You know, it also represented that gold. 
typified God's eternal dwelling place. That holy city, New Jerusalem. That place that John the Revelator spoke about over in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, verse 18 and verse 21, where he said that city is made of pure gold. And those streets in verse 21, he said, are pure gold. Hallelujah. You know, I want to go back to something else here. I want to talk about the mining process. Talk a lot about the gold. You know, there was a lot of work that went in when they went to mining. The mining process, it carried a mystery with it. You know, the mystery, uh, it might surprise you what the mystery is. You know, that, that, that mystery, uh, the mining, was Jesus Christ. He was the mystery. Thank God. Paul, Paul talked about that in Ephesians, I believe it was, where, and uh, he talked about the mystery of godliness. Thank God. He talked about the mystery of Christ, that God was robed in flesh. But Jesus Christ was a prospector. Follow with me just for a little bit right here. The prospector. And he went out searching for valuable souls that were lost in the world. That's what a prospector does. He goes searching. And the Bible said in Luke, the 19th chapter, the Bible says in verse 10 that the Son of Man came not, came to seek and to save that which was lost. He became the prospector. In the 13th chapter of Matthew, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hid in a field. And when a man finds it for, with joy, he hides it and he goes and he buys that plot of ground. Why? Because he knows there's a treasure in it. Thank God. I'm talking about the prospector. Thank God. And I, God knows where the treasure is. Hang with me just for a little while. We were hid in the field, the world. Did you know the Bible said that the, that, that the, the world out there... Thank God, that is the field is the world. Jesus talked about that in Among the Sower of the Seed. We said the field is the world. And that treasure is hid in the world, in the, box, in the bedrock of sin, lost without hope and without, without uh, alone and lost and helpless and, and headed for death and destruction. That's where we were headed at. The treasure was hid there. But the prospector came. <laughs> he came to seek and to save that which is lost. The Bible said John, one of the most well-quoted scriptures, John 3.16 said that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. God said, I don't want anybody to be lost. So the prospector goes out and he looks beyond the failures and beyond the, 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 the hang-ups and the fears and the frustrations uh, and he looks beyond the inadequacy and he sees a soul. <laughs> you know, sometimes I say, God, help me to see like you see. Help me to get beyond what I think I know 
and see it like you see it. Thank God. That prospector, when he walks out through there and he sees he's looking for something and he looks beyond our failures and he saw our abilities of extracting from our lives the final product and turning it into pure gold. Thank God. That gold may not be pure when they find it. Thank God. But that's what refining's about. It's about taking the impurities out of it. Thank God. It's a long ways from dust to purity. <laughs> Thank God. When that prospector finds that gold down there in that ravine, it's a long ways off. But it's a start. Thank God. And when you walk into the throne room of the presence of God, it may be a long ways from the beginning to the end to where God wants to get an individual. But if they'll just hang in there, God knows how to turn that, in, that impurities into pure gold. Hallelujah. I want you to get this. You know, God, through God's love, through God's mercy, through God's long-suffering, not only did he come to purchase the treasure, but in the process, he himself became the treasure. Thank God, he became the treasure. And the result of that purchase was that we might have eternal life. Thank God, he became the treasure. Hallelujah. I don't know about when I, when I, I, when I thought about that. And the more I thought about that, not only was he looking for the treasure, but he was a treasure. Thank God. And because of that, we have, that we, you and I might have the result of his purchase, which is eternal life. Praise God. He paid a great price. Thank God. He put out a great effort. The prospector. Thank God. In order to obtain that gold, he went through a lot. You know, we, 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 we're, we're blessed. Hallelujah. Can you imagine dragging a donkey down an old ravine that you can't hardly even walk in and taking a having a having a, a sledgehammer and a pick and whatever and, and you're out there trying to find gold? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so that prospector, you know, he goes out there. You know, they say the finest strains of gold are in the deepest heart of the earth. And there's a lot of sweat and a lot of labor and a lot of tears and a lot of heartache and a lot of determination in order to obtain what they're reaching for. It didn't just happen. Thank God, the thrill of that prospector, when that prospector gets to where he finds that yellow gold and he sees that gold glitter and he's down in that ravine and he sees that color, I can just see his face lighting up because he knows that when he finds a color in the stream, he knows there's more upstream. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He knows upstream he's going to find more. He's going to find the mother load. I'll touch on that here in just a little bit. But I, I'm reading in that 15th chapter of the book of Luke where, where Jesus said, I say unto thee, he said, there is joy in heaven over one sinner, in the presence of angels over one sinner that repenteth. 
I can just see that prospector getting excited because even the angels around start leaping and starting uh, celebrating and, and joy. There's great joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that repents. Somebody say, well, God, you know, God not, oh, yeah, he is. And if angels do that, what do you think God does? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You know what it said in that same chapter? Back up in verse 3 through 7, thank God the Bible tells us that that prospector, he'll leave the 90 and 9 just to find that one gold nugget. I said he'll leave the 90 and the 9 just to find that one gold nugget. Hallelujah. He's down there panning, he's looking, he's, he's doing everything he can. Thank God. There's what they call placer gold and surface mining, and that's when they're panning for gold, and they're looking for it. And then there's that mother load that's back up there. Remember what I said when he's down in that ravine and he sees the yellow color and his face slides up and he knows that upstream there is a, there's a bigger finding up there. And that's what he's after. This here leads him to that. Praise the name of the Lord. That minor goal, thank God, involves the panning for gold. He's looking for the nuggets. He's looking for the flakes. He's looking for the dust. Thank God. The flash floods, the mudslides, the earthquakes, etc. Bring that gold to the surface. I wonder what happens in people's lives. When all of a sudden they have a spiritual, they have an earthquake in their life. Catastrophe happens. And somewhere in the process of all of that, it shakes them up. And it gets them headed. And all of a sudden, in the process of all of that, all of a sudden that gold starts making its way to the surface. It wants to be more than just flakes. It wants to be more than just a nugget. It wants to be more than just dust. And when it gets in the hands of the master and he starts melting that down and putting it into a block, you think about that. Life's desperation in in, in just the natural experience of life. Sometimes it'll force us to the surface of reality. And what it does, it brings us to Calvary. How many people you know in your life that you ran into in circumstance changed the course of their life and they got off, they got out of the gravel bed and they started up and they, they, they started toward Calvary. They started upstream. They didn't even know what they was looking for for sure. They may not even know, but all of a sudden they came in contact with Jesus. Whew. Oh, hallelujah. They came in contact with Jesus. Hallelujah. And it forced them toward Calvary. He knows where the gold's at. He knows where the crevice is. He knows where the He knows where it's at. Thank God. And when we're placed in desolation in a place of desolation and we're alone and, and we're deserted, thank God. In the midst of life's stream, he can visualize where that goal's at. 
I'm talking about the prospector. I'm talking about that one that's, that's panning for gold and reaching for it. He can see beyond our present situation, and he can view our, the potential product. And when he sees that, and sometimes people, sometimes people may be uh, in a situation where their life has been broken and scattered, and, and all of a sudden they lose sight of reality, of the original creative purpose that God has in their life. He doesn't want them just to remain a piece of flake or, or just dust. Thank God, but he wants to bring that together and get all them impurities out of it to, so he can make it what he wants it to be. I, I want to go back again, just mention this again, because, you know, that pure gold, when it's under that 1954.4 uh, degrees Fahrenheit and it breaks down, it doesn't change color. It stays the same. And when you're going through the furnace, Thank God, when you're going through the furnace, thank God, you're still going to maintain your integrity with God. In fact, he's going to become more precious to you because you're going to find out what it means and what it, what it really, the value of what he really is in your life. Praise God. That great prospector, his purpose is to reach down into the bedrock of sin and redeem us and to reconcile us and to bring us out of darkness. Thank God. The greatest reward to that prospector is to find that mother load. That's what he's after. That mother load, uh, he might find, he's going to find the, the load or just the strands or, or whatever the dust that's in the earth. But it involves a lot of digging and a lot of pressure and a lot of, a lot of hard work. Thank God that mother load is that rich vein of ore, gold ore. And God said, I'm looking for that. Thank God it may be hid in the field, but the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Oh, hallelujah. We're not redeemed by corruptible things, uh, but, but we're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so he goes looking for that. The very presence, I want you to get this, when the very presence of that placer gold in that stream bed, down in that creek bed, river bed, or wherever it might be, is the evidence of a mother load. Somewhere up above the placer gold. The placer gold is down in the river bed. But the, the mother load is up further. And when he sees that, he knows that there's something greater up further. And so that miner, what does he do? Thank God he goes and he begins to, he begins to, to take samples in the lower location. And he goes there and he begins to take samples and he starts from down here and he starts working upstream. And when that miner gets to that point where he can't find the gold, uh, the color's not in the water, uh, he'll go back down a ways, back down. And he'll take samples of that every so often until he finds that there's no more color in the water. And then he knows that he's zeroing in on the mother load.
He knows it's going to be not, not going to be long before they're going to get the pickaxe out and get all these, uh, the tools out that they're going to have to, it's going to go beyond just panning for gold. Thank God there's going to be a lot of hard labor. Hallelujah. That, 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 that prospector, he, he begins to zero in on that. And he sees that. And he realizes that uh, when he doesn't find that color, that placer gold, he just continues working upward toward that original source until he finds, uh, no longer finds that color. And so he knows that he's above that original source, that mother load. And so he begins to zero in on that. He gets the pickaxe out. He knows that he's going to be into the bedrock. He knows that he's going to be in the crevices. And so he starts digging. You know, it sounds like the Lord, he dug us from the crevices of sin and corruption. He pulled us out. Do you remember when God did that for you? You were in the vein. Maybe there were some nuggets that had washed out somewhere and you can reach back in your life and say, listen, I can remember when, when you used to sing around that old piano and say, give me that old-time religion, had not had no idea what it meant. There's power in the blood, and you didn't know what all that meant. But all of a sudden, one day, your little world started getting shook. And all of a sudden, those little sparks of gold and glitter started coming up from the surface because the floods of life begin to move in on you. And you begin to look at life in a different form. And you said, listen, there's got to be more than just that dust down there in the stream. That's what God's looking for when God sees that. The Bible tells us Thank God Jesus paid a great price. When he was in the garden, he sweat as though it were great drops of blood. They nailed him to cross at Calvary. Thank God he, he paid a tremendous price for you and I. The Bible said that God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank God the evidence wasn't there. Thank God, but in the spite of all of that, Thank God, God saw the, the great prospector saw something that we didn't see. Hallelujah. So in the midst of that, thank God, they're looking for the evidence. That's what they do. That's what a prospector does. And I couldn't help but think of old Joel or, or Isaiah in the 28th chapter, verse 11. When verse, in verse, uh, I believe it's verse 10, he said, line upon line, Precept upon precept, here little and there little. What he's saying, I'm going to tell you time and time and time and time and time again. That's what I'm going to do. But in the next verse, he said, with stammering lips and another tongue will God speak to his people. And he said, this is the rest that's going to cause the weary to rest. And this is refreshing, yet they wouldn't hear. God said, I'm going to give you some evidence or a sign. So when you get there, you're going to know what it's going to look like. You're going to know what it's going to sound like. <laughs> Hallelujah. Several years later, Prophet Joe stepped on the scene and God spoke again. In verse 28, chapter 2, and he said, And it shall come to pass afterwards 
that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your, young, your old men are going to dream dreams and young men are going to see visions upon my servants, upon my handmaidens. In those days will I pour out of my spirit. God said, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. And when you go to the book of Acts and you go to the 24th chapter of the book of Luke after Jesus uh, uh, after Jesus was, had rose from the dead, he came to those disciples in verse 47. He said, repentance, for, uh, 40, 49, he said, I think it's 47. He said, though, he said that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he said, you're witnesses of these things. And the Bible said he led, he led them out. He, he said, you go there to Jerusalem and you tarry there until you be endued with power from on high. And the Bible said he led them out as far as Bethany, lifted up his hands and blessed them, and they made their way to Jerusalem. They got in the, into Jerusalem, tarried and waiting for the Holy Ghost, had no idea what had happened because they'd never received it. Hey, God, we need some evidence. And the Bible said that after they'd prayed for a few days, and all of a sudden, the Bible said that the Holy Ghost fell upon them. Suddenly, they got suddenly... There was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all that house where they were sitting. There appeared in them cloven tongues like as fire, and it set upon each of them. And the Bible said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Thank God. The Bible, let me just go on here. It said in verse 6, And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in their own tongue. There were dwelling, they, they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, what meaneth this? He said, Are not all these who speak Galileans? How hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we are born? Parathesian, Medes, Edomites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Macedonia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, and Paulus. Pontius in Asia and Pergamus and Pamphylia and in Egypt and parts of Libya and Cyrene and strangers of Rome and Jews and proselytes and Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in, in our tongue the wonderful works of God. Don't forget what Isaiah and Joel said. I'm going to give you a sign. And the Bible said, here others mock and said these men are full of new wine. But in that 16th verse, Peter stood up with the 11 and he said, he said, these men in verse, in verse 10, he said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But in verse 16, he said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last day, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Remember the sign, the evidence God said, you're going to know. When you're down in that old rock bed and all of a sudden, I seen that sign here Sunday, last Sunday. I seen people praying for people and you could see their face light up because they seen, they seen signs popping out. Thank God. They saw signs that said, hey, listen, we're close to the gold mine. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Aren't you thought? Thank God for that. Thank God. It's not my word. I'm not act, we're not out here seeking for a sign. God just gives you a sign. Because he don't want you to be deceived. He doesn't want you to, he doesn't want you to get off track. He wants you to stay so you can find the mother load.
That's what God wants. Oh, hallelujah. Well, my time's about up, but I'm just going to say that don't give up on God because God's not going to give up on you. <laughs> don't give up just because you find a little, little color in the water. God's got something more for you. Thank God. You know, I, I don't want to be satisfied to you. I want to keep on digging and keep on reaching because I know that something's better up ahead. Whew. Hey, God, you talk about walls of jasper and gates of pearl, and John said the city is made of pure gold, and the streets are pure gold. There's not going to be no heartache, no pain, no tears. Thank God, there's something better ahead. Let's all stand together. I hope somehow today that you got something from the word of the Lord. Maybe, maybe stimulated your mind. Challenge your heart. Cause your heart to say, listen, God, I want to make sure I get all them impurities out because I want to be pure gold. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I want to be real. I don't want to be a fake. I don't want to be a has-been. I want to be ready because I don't know when that trumpet's going to blow. I don't know when God's going to say, it's finished. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. You know, one thing I've learned in 76 years uh, that you got to be ready. You can't wait to get ready. When my grandma had a, a massive stroke and we, we got to the hospital, she, oh, she got the Holy Ghost when she was 72 years old. And I tell you what, when she, got, when, and she died when she was uh, 81, 82 years old, and when she had that stroke, it wasn't the time to get ready. But thank God she already made preparation. Thank God she took advantage. When she found that gold mine and she got in there, I remember when I got home from college and I went by her house to talk to her, I went by there because I wanted to know for myself. And I asked her, I said, Grandma, did you get the Holy Ghost? She said, I got the Holy Ghost. Because I can remember a time when she looked at my dad and she said to my dad, my dad asked her, do you have the Holy Ghost? And she snapped back at him and said, I, I got the Holy Ghost, but I didn't speak in tongues. My daddy said he didn't even have it himself. He looked at her and said, Mom, he said the Word of God said when they got the Holy Ghost, they spoke in tongues. Now, my grandma was a precious woman. A precious woman, a godly person. But she was like those followers of John hadn't heard about the Holy Ghost. But she, she went to church with us anyhow. She went to church. And while those saints of God began to worship the Lord and the Holy Ghost came down in that place, my grandma would go up and get around the altar and pray for other people, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost fell on her. Let's lift our hands and worship him together right now. Let's just thank him that God loves us enough to dig for us and weep for us and cry for us and shed tears for us and be crucified for us. Glory to the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. 
Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.